0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. And as always, big shout out to Andre Suttles with Suttle Solution, the EP of this podcast to help make it possible. We have another great episode for you guys today. We want to talk about being limitless, not just in business, but in life. And, and who better to tell us than Julian Hayes second on the podcast talking about limitless. Uh, Julian, how are you feeling today?
1: man i'm feeling
0: limitless (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh i'm glad i'm glad and i hope some of our listeners can kind of get some of that limitlessness themselves Mm -hmm. and i know you have a lot of tips to share with us Uh, but first i love to make sure that yeah we my guest has an opportunity to introduce themselves to the listeners and the watchers on youtube so why not really let them know who you are and what it is you do
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, my name is Julian Hayes II, and I guess professional titles, people will call me a human performance advisor and an epigenetic coach. And simply put, um, my whole mission is just to simply advance the potential that we have when it comes to our health and performance and to also redefine what it means to age. And so I guess some of the things that makes it a little unique here is that um, I'm into genetic testing. I use a lot of different health technologies, and I use, of course, the power of the mind
0: to combine all those things. Yeah, and that's something I think a lot of our listeners could benefit from because when we talk about no rain, no rainbows, most of the time that rain is is life or our environment putting us in a situation that we don't feel like we can handle. And I, I talk about all the time is kind of seeking your own storms to increase your, your capacity to take on some of those challenges. And what was interesting about when I was kind of reading up on, on some of the work you've done and everything you, you had a, one mention where you said success has a dark side. Uh, I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit on that and, and kind of start on, on that tone because some of these people we see are very successful. Uh, they had to go through some hard times to get there. So talk a little bit about that dark side of success.
1: Yeah. And this is something that I found out just through interviewing different people through when I was writing or even for the, the podcast that I have. And if we think about success, a lot of times we it's it's put on a pedestal. I almost call it like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all these things that you're going to get when you reach your goals, you get your money, you get your house, you get your wife, relationships, husband, whatever. But the thing we don't talk about is what's on the other side of that success. And I have this thing I call the success paradox that a lot of times, as especially in the professional world, we're chasing after our dreams, we're building up our career. But on the other side of that, We're going to have more responsibilities now. We're going to have a lot more stress, a lot more on our shoulders now. And a lot of times that's taking up time. And the person who gets cut out on all of that is ourselves and our personal well-being and our health. And also you got to think about when you want something that most people don't have, there's a price for that. So you have to know the price you're willing to pay for that. You have to know what you're willing. You have to know your struggles when it comes to that as well. And a lot of these guys and girls, as well, some of these people have had to sacrifice. Unfortunately, maybe not being at every basketball game for their kid, maybe not being able to, I don't know, go out and drink, go out and party, um, go throughout their entire twenties and not um, really have the social life that most people had at their twenties. And so, you have to think about to sum all that up is what's the price and struggle that you're willing to pay for those things. And that's what isn't talked about as much. We just see the glitz and glamor
0: on social media. And, um, it just comes to to fruition for some folks when you scroll through and you see it. Um, my question would be, I, I know a lot of people live in a world where, you know, they might want it all right. Uh Um, Uh, people ask, why do I work so hard? And I say, you know, because my plan is to spend time with my family. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there a way to have both? Is there a way to have um, success, but also kind of have time for yourself and, and time with family?
1: Yeah, I think you can have it all. I think that's part of being limitless. But I think first and foremost, you have to define that, what that looks like to you. What does that perfect life look like to you? And secondly, it's realizing that you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. And I think that's the key distinction.
0: Yeah. So you can't have it all at the same time. So, and I love this because kind of this leads into my next question of, you know, if you can't have it all at the same time, how can you, I guess, start building that mm-hmm. limitlessness within ourselves that we can obtain maybe as much as possible? What are some, some fundamental things we can do to increase our capacity to handle the environment around us? maybe increase our productivity and exposure to the success that we seek.
1: Yeah, you mentioned environment. That's a huge thing right now. Actually before we got on this call, I was actually auditing my productivity, my time blocks, and just my overall environment to see how I can get into better flow because I don't really like working at home. I like sure. working I, I like I like writing in coffee shops where there's noise and there's people and there's more li- liveliness for me to really feel that energy. And so I've had to make some adjustments like a lot of listeners have as well. So the first thing is to really audit. I would say audit your entire environment, audit just your entire work. And first and foremost, I would start with your calendar and scheduling, scheduling key things in. And those key things are going to look different to each of us. Um, First and foremost, I would put some kind of exercise regimen on there. So you got to put that in somewhere schedule that just like a doctor's appointment. Then if you have families or I would probably put some time in there to give them that time. But then the next thing is I will put time that you can have for deep work. And um, uh, Cal Newport is the author of deep work and also digital minimalism. Um, Very f- transformational books that, that really helped me. And so deep work is just where it's your, your it's your main task. So for me, that's going to be writing writing first and foremost is my main thing. That I love to do. And so I have that blocked two hours every morning. It's nothing but writing. I have a Pomodoro clock and I'm and I'm doing that. Nothing else gets nothing gets in the way of that. So I like to schedule my life out in time blocks first and
0: foremost. Yeah, and I, there are so many things you, you hit on which were so beneficial that I want to make sure we we kind of touch on for the listeners and the watchers because you, you mentioned the Pomodoro clock and, and actually had someone in a previous podcast mention like the, the battle burnout, the Pomodoro technique mm-hmm. in which you focus 25 minutes, you take five minutes off. It's very, very helpful. Somebody like myself and so many of us who don't have that long attention span, but also time blocking. Time blocking was something that, when I first started reading about it, was overwhelming. It was something that I wasn't sure how I would implement. And I actually started first analyzing where I was in certain times of day. I started tracking my behaviors, my habits. And then I went into my Google Calendar, and I made a time blocking. I I started time blocking. I kind of color coded everything. Mm -hmm. It's very intimidating. What would you say to somebody who's afraid of kind of starting that time blocking technique without even knowing what to put in the blocks.
1: So I I'm, I'm kind of the same way. So my calendar is not completely just filled every second is just not accounting for because that's a little overwhelming as well and I like to have a little maneuver in there. So I would say start with maybe 2 to 3 things to time block and then leave the rest open. So and here's an easy one. Put the time that you're going to sleep and wake up and stay consistent with that. So you yeah. can set your day and end your day at a, at a um, right time and stay in your, stay in your rights or creating an alignment. So that's something easy to do. Pick a time that you want to work out every day and start there. And then maybe pick an hour that you want to focus on some type of, on your job or whatever passion project that you're writing on and then leave the rest of the day open. So it doesn't overwhelm you. But um, if that's even too much, just pick a time to wake up and go to sleep.
0: Yeah. That mean, hey, that's the way to start. Um, and I'm interested as I'm hearing you talk and break down a lot of these um, strategies and and your passion for kind of reaching potential or, or finding out how far you can go. Where does that all come from? Where's the spark behind uh, that chase of potential?
1: Yeah, it's it's probably f- probably from childhood. And I re- I remember when I when I thought about aging and I thought about health. I really thought about that once you get to 30 life goes downhill from there <laughs> because there was a lot of chronic disease in my, in my family. Um, father, grandfather, aunts, uncles ended up on dialysis. And so I really thought like I got 30 years to really make this thing go. And I remember playing basketball and there was an older gentleman and he was running up and down the court with us. He wasn't outrunning me. I was in good shape. So I just want to always like to preface that So. <laughs> I'm not about to get done in by, by someone like that. So, but anyway, he's running up and down the court with us. And I'm just like, wow, this guy's like a superhero or something. And who is this guy? So we, we get to talking and everything after. And I asked him like, what's your secret, man? Because I don't normally see too many people moving like you. He's talking about, yeah, I I know some 70 year olds who are training for marathons, lifting weights, feeling good. And I thought this stuff was a myth and it's not for everyone. Yeah. And so, so this is my, my head's exploding here. And he gives very simple advice. He's about you can age is irrelevant to a certain extent. It's really about the foods you eat, the quality of your movement, consistently moving, the way you talk to yourself, the way you breathe. And it's very basic advice. So in that moment, I'm about 15. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> but what, But what that did was it planted a seed in my head. It planted a seed. And just over time, that seed continued to grow. So when I finally got to college, I started really taking my fitness seriously. I wish I'd done it earlier in basketball. I wouldn't have got knocked down so much, but um, I really started to take care of my health and fitness. And I just fell in love with the subject of the human body and all the potential around it. And uh, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. So I went to New York and uh, during that time in New York, blew my mind again, because I'm from Nashville, Tennessee and New York's quite different to say the least. Um, I think I'm weird but I met some people who were really weird in New York. So, and so the energy in New York is so contagious. It just, it lights you up. Everybody's pursuing a dream. Everybody has this big vision and school was always easy for me. And it was good. It was the safe route. Yeah. And, and it sounded good to say, Hey, I, I'm going to be a surgeon. It sounds good. No one in your family's done it, but something it's like a voice. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Something to say, this is not right. This is not right. I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I left after that first year, I didn't go back because I wanted to pursue writing and I still wanted to be involved in health in some aspect. And so over the course of time, I've just continually self-studied, found mentors, and it's just a um, constant evolution
0: to this day. I'll tell you what, you keep watering that seed that was planted in you at 15, and here you are, a towering oak, and hopefully continuing to grow even more. I, I love that because it shows the connection for so many people. I've said on the podcast before, you know, it's it's hard to aspire to something we can't see or touch, but when we actually get to meet these people who are doing the extraordinary and we realize they're not that different from us, they're just doing a little extra than ordinary, uh, that's our path to getting there. And it really does come down to a lot of fundamental things, which sounds like You've spent a large portion of your life figuring out and breaking down. I know you mentioned about with the Pomodoro clock or even more specifically with the time blocking. You said, let's Mm -hmm. start with when you go to sleep, when you wake up. I'm somebody who wakes up at 2.15 in the morning. I go to bed at about eight o'clock at night. I average about six hours of sleep a night, and I don't think that's enough based on my research. I'm interested to know your feedback and your thoughts on how sleep and also nutrition can kind of feed into someone's productivity and their ability to kind of reach their their potential.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. First and foremost, t- two. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it's not right, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think you're, you're probably used to it by now, though.
0: I don't think you ever get used to it. I still okay. don't like it. Oh,
1: it's still a struggle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but um, start, starting with sleep, I, I like to think of sleep is a lot of times when we think about our health. Um, at least in the past, I think it's changing a little bit now. We always think about exercising, finding a fitness plan, finding a nutri- nutrition plan, and then we'll then sleep. Is this oh, is this something we take for granted? But sleep is very simple, but it's very complex, and it's actually it pretty much has a string and a facet in every part of our lives. And speaking on just our productivity um, sleep is like nutrition for the brain. And so at night sleep is helping us to um, when you think about REM sleep, it's helping us to consolidate the information that we're learning. It's helping us to store that in long-term. And when we don't get that proper quality sleep and the amount is different for everyone, it's a lot of factors depending on that. Um, we we really shorten our potential in terms of our ability to be charismatic, our ability at um, logic logic and reasoning. And what I mean by that is, um, there's a I forgot the year. This is like a research study, and you can see brain activity on sleep deprived individuals and individuals who are um, who have enough sleep. And you have your amygdala, which is think of heightened emotions, very primal primitive and then you have your prefrontal cortex and that's your logic and reasoning. And what we saw is people who were sleep deprived, they had heightened activity on their amygdala and less activity on their prefrontal cortex. So in a practical standpoint here is they're going to act more in their emotions. They're going to be more impulsive. And I think when it comes to relationships, they're going to have a shortened fuse. I always said that relationships could be improved if both people had enough sleep. I, I truly think that I have no research to prove that, but, um, from a mental standpoint, sleep is absolutely critical for focus, memory, cognition, every single facet of, of, uh, your cognitive aspect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I'll, I'll work on getting better sleep. My fiance gets on me for that. And anybody listening, um,
1: I think it, it's hard. I think it's hard though. I, um, it's sleep is hard for me too. Um, yeah. Normally, if I train a lot, it, it really helps. So that's one reason, because I'm just tired. I'm just exhausted. So if I train and work hard during the day, then that helps me with sleep. But the days I don't train, it's it's hard because, you know, probably a lot of listeners are like me and you, hard charge, very ambitious. We have a lot of dreams. And, you know, sleep at times seems like it's taken away from times that we can work and be working on our dreams. So I, I, I totally get that. So, yeah. Um, yeah
0: it's and it's similar with the pomodoro technique it's like what do you mean step away for 5 minutes when i'm yeah. on a roll it's but it's it's counterintuitive, I know, but it's it's amazing to think of you know some of the best way to avoid burnout and and keep performing at a high level is to take those breaks and to make sure that we allow our bodies to recover. Um I I, I did want to ask, because you mentioned epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And um, for a lot of our listeners who are trying to increase their capacity, um, they got the sleep down packed, they probably have a good fitness regimen going on, they're very productive, they're practicing time blocking, the pomodoro technique, and they want to take their 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 to the next level. Mm-hmm. What exactly is epigenetics and how can that benefit us in, in, in our productivity?
1: Yeah. If you think about, um, I guess from a definition standpoint, when you hear epigenetics, the, it just means above the gene. So for a long times, we we've heard the saying that you are your genes. And so um, unfortunately we've heard people who are a little heavier. They say it just runs in my family. It, there's actually genes for that. And, uh, you know, in my family, there's genes for, for a, I should say, a higher probability for things such as diabetes and blood sugar issues, but through epigenetics and what we're learning more and more is that you are not your genes. Your genes are not your destiny. You have more control over it than you think. So to give you a picture of epigenetics, let's think of a computer here. So you have the hardware system and then you have the software and that software is going to be the inputs that's going to make that hardware ultimately respond. And and operate. So in a standpoint here is if we're the operating system, we can control how our genes are going to respond by things such as the foods we eat, the way we train, the way we sleep, the way we interact with each, with each other, the way we handle stress. So we can control this by the environmental inputs. Environmental inputs is a lot of different things, but we have more control over our limitless potential over our human destiny than was than what was once thought so from a productivity standpoint um, i look at things such as let's i'll give you an example say you have a problem with sleeping at night and you can't figure out why through epigenetics we know that there is these things called gad1 genes and it's just glutamic acids it's found in things such as protein powders found in things such as turkey and chicken say you eat a lot of chicken at night and you would never and you can't think man i keep just having trouble going to sleep at night or i I pour some sauce and it has msg in it and you can't go to sleep at night you can't figure out why maybe it's something simple like that that you have genes that have a higher propensity for your gat one genes to respond and keep you up at night so that's precision wellness something very specific like that And so now, instead of you having years of struggling to figure out how to go to sleep, we know now we can look at your genetic code and make precise recommendations that can help you with your supplements, with your sleep, with your nutrition, with your exercise that can give you precise recommendations to help optimize your system and help you
0: you perform better. So, I mean, that's kind of like the foolproof self-awareness. Right. Mm Because I can have self-awareness of my emotions and and things like that. But, you know, that could be almost flawed. But with epigenetics, you're you're measuring and you're you're actually getting their 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 gene makeup and it's kind of listed out there for you. So I think that can definitely deliver uh, more of, I guess, a clear roadmap for people Mm -hmm. on, on what to do to help themselves. I'm interested to ask if you've you've had any experience with like nootropics or anything like that as well.
1: I have a little bit. I just haven't really needed it. Yeah. 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 I but I, I have a little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that was just a curious question for me because I mean I, I'm in the realm of okay, how can I increase my productivity? How can mm-hmm. I be present? And how can I make sure that I operate at, at the best of my ability in a certain situation, whether it be at the gym or whether it be in my business or with my relations with others. And and we've seen some of those, those nootropics and other things, but I feel like the points that you're making are more holistic, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to put something in your body to operate a different way. You simply just need to Pay attention to your sleep, your nutrition, your your habits, your exercise, and and how much you focus.
1: Yeah, I, I like those things, but I, I tend to um, I just look at everything as a system. Uh, it's okay. a systems mentality. Everything affects our health. Everything is connected together. And so I have different levels. So maybe if someone is at the optimization level and they're ready to be enhanced, then you can start thinking about nootropics. But I just think about it from you know you're building up a house. And if the foundation's not really set yet, then I'm not. Sh- it's not time for nootropics and a lot of the extra supplements and peptides or n- none of that. I love all those things. Um, I experiment a lot on myself, but um, you got to make sure the foundation's in set. So is your diet sound? Is your nutrition sound? Is your training sound? If it is okay, then let's see how like your blood work looks and how all those numbers look. Then let's move to the next step. I think a lot of times we, and I'm I'm kind of guilty of this as well. I want the limitless pill before I yeah. even have the fundamentals taken care of.
0: Yeah, and you can see even in the movie, the show, whichever, or the book, it, it affects people differently because you have to have the fundamentals or the the foundation in order for the house to stand. A weak foundation, limitless pill is not going to do what you want it to do.
1: Yeah, and um, and and um, uh, you know, going back to the genetics, we're going to respond differently mm. to um to supplements to nootropics. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you have to think about that as as well. So like for for me, I, I have to take in a little more vitamin D because I don't absorb it as well as other people it's just from the sun. Mm-hmm. So I have to have extra
0: vitamin D in my diet. I love that self-awareness, man. And uh, let's talk about wearable technology mm-hmm. um, because it sounds like I-, I love that you're using all the tools that are available to us. And I think one of the beautiful things we have is, is technology where, you know, we're chatting uh, over video conference right now while I have a cell phone that is keeping time. And, and you know, this is going to be able to air through time and space. People are going to be listening to this in the future. So technology does a lot of good for us. And obviously, we talked about genetics and whatnot, us being biological animals and beings, we might not be used to such a stimulus yet. So as more and more technology gets thrown at us, it's harder and harder to navigate that. Um, How do you feel about wearable technology and some of the benefits that we can have um, when we utilize it properly?
1: Yeah, I I love wearables. I I have one on right now. I have a whoop device on right now. So So, uh, I'm a fan of it in the right context as always. Um, I kind of live and agree on a lot of things. But for the some of the practical reasons that I I love just these different sorts of wearables is that you have awareness and you have something that gives you feedback that doesn't have any biases or any emotion attached to it. So sometimes you can think, am I doing a good job or not? Am I doing the right things? And you can put a a little emotion behind it, but data is emotionless. It is what it is. There's no fiction there. It's all facts. Now, is it 100, is it 100% accurate? Not necessarily. I wouldn't say that, but it does give you something to work off of. It does give you something that you can see and that you can improve upon. So like, for example, with me, I can track my, I can look at my sleep now and I can see that since I started taping my mouth at night and, and, uh, I've, I've started taping my mouth at night and uh, I can see that my REM sleep and my deep sleep has dramatically improved Hmm. just from something like that. I have less time. I have less awakenings in the night. And I feel a lot more refreshed. I don't have any dry mouth in the morning because i I don't snore, but I still have my mouth open a little bit, and so sometimes when you wake when you wake up in the morning, you got that dry mouth and and all that stuff in your mouth and stuff so um so i so I can notice these tangible benefits that I've gotten just from little interventions like that. So it's another input to the system to see if the habits and behaviors that you're going about on your daily basis are they actually working, are they improving?
0: yeah. And I mean, we're coming to the end uh, of the podcast right now. And, and it sounds like, I mean, these are little changes that have big effects. You know, we've said it before, you know, small hinges swing big doors and a lot of people uh, are looking for the limitless pill or they're looking for that secret to success. Right. You know, what's the secret? What's the secret? How can I be successful? What's the secret? Um, I mean, just kind of talking to you these last 30 minutes, Julian, and it's, it's like the secret is, you know. Kind of building over time these habits and the structure that allows you to operate best in the environment that you're in and kind of being cognizant and aware of all of that. What's, I guess, one thing our listeners and our watchers can do today to start um, that process? I know you mentioned a great thing with uh, the time blocking. It's like, hey, Mm -hmm. start with when you go to bed and when you wake up. But what's something um, our listeners can take away from this episode to implement right away?
1: Hmm. I really think we need to set standards. We need to set like a a standard of performance for ourselves. Um, I I know a lot of times we're really attracted to tactics. I love tactics myself, but I think you really got to have standards for yourself. And what I mean by standards is, um, let's go back to, what's his name? Bill Walsh coach of the 49ers hall of fame coach. So he came to the 49ers 49ers were terrible, awful. Um, and when he came in there, he established a code for players. So players had their shirts tucked in. There was no cussing in the locker room. QBs held the ball a certain way, did their footwork a certain way. Linemen, receivers, you name it. There was a code and a way of doing things from the way from from the top to the bottom of the organization. And the reason why I say that is he was very process oriented right there. He wasn't goal oriented. Now they won the Super Bowl. That was a goal. But what got them there was the systems that they had in place. And that's the thing that I want people to think about when it comes to your health. So maybe this year is to get back in shape, lose those 15 pounds. That's the goal. But what is your system? What is your order of operations on a daily basis that is going to help you operate no matter how you feel or no matter what's going on? Because if we saw anything last year with the COVID and gyms being locked down, a lot of people unfortunately got exposed because they were so reliant on the gym they forgot that I can exercise at home. I can go for a run and there's nothing wrong with that. We all got, we all got exposed in some way, but it's, it's good to have those standards and establish a
0: process for how you're going to accomplish your goal. Yeah. That's amazing. It's, you said that. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause I mean, when the, when the gym's locked down over here, you know, luckily my friend had a farm and we literally went out on his farm, social distance. We had a couple mats, a few dumbbells and and we had a good workout and, mm-hmm. I would, I'd honestly say, um, some of the best shape I've ever been in my life ha- has come about in the last last few months.
1: Yeah, and that's going to make you so much better, even when everything opens up. And I, I, it's like, um, what's the? I think it's in the Buddhist principles. I think it's it's changing poison into medicine. Mm-hmm. So taking things that are bad right now, taking things that are inconvenient right now, and finding a way to turn that into medicine, and that's how we're going to grow approaching the obstacles as catalysts for growth. And, you know, and I I think sometimes people overlook mindset. You know, we we have all these very fanciful health tools now available and things that we can do with your your body. But I always remind people that optimal health is an inside-out job. And so it Mm -hmm. starts from the inside because if you don't take care of the inside, none of the interventions, none of the tactics that we're going to bring in, none of the EEGs and none of all that fancy stuff it doesn't matter if the inside is not right yet.
0: That's amazing, Julian Hayes the second. How can our listeners, our, our our viewers, get in touch with you? I know a lot of them might be wanting to to kind of tap into some of their potential that they haven't found yet, and I know you're the definitely the man to help them out with that. How they how can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, the home base is Life dot com, and you'll see links to the podcast there. Op- optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs, and you'll also and um. I'm getting better at social media. Um, I'm I'm very late to the social media party. And so uh, I like Twitter for some reason and I like LinkedIn. So Twitter will be at, it'll be the Julian Hayes. And then LinkedIn is just my name.
0: Nice. And I'll be sure to have those links in the show notes as well for folks. If they're on the iTunes app right now, they can open up the show notes, hit that and and go through the destinations. But Julian, I appreciate you taking the time today. I appreciate you sharing some of your insight and your knowledge with uh, myself and the listeners.
1: Thank you, Ted. It was it was a pleasure to be there. And like I said, any listeners, any questions, shoot me an email. I I um, read all my emails, and because um, it takes a village to succeed, and so I wouldn't be here without other people. So, always looking forward to paying it back.
0: Absolutely, I appreciate it, man, and I appreciate the listeners making it to the end. As as always, I like to kind of recap some of the uh, the the gems and the bombs that Julian dropped along the episode. You know, and first, what's on the other side of success? We started off talking about there's a dark side to success, and and a lot of times the most successful doesn't mean the most healthy. And and you don't want to neglect your health. Or as Julian said it perfectly, you know, what's the price for you're willing to pay for what you want? You know, there's no such thing as free lunch. And, yes, you can have it all, but you might not be able to have it all at the same time, which is okay. You just have to know what order you want it in. Age is irrelevant. When Julian mentioned at 15, meaning that older gentleman who didn't beat him, by the way. He wasn't up running fast. Had to kind of put that <laughs> out there. But um, an older gentleman running around. Back and forth of the up and down the basketball court was what planted the seed in Julian at age 15 that continued to grow into where Julian is now. Sleep is nutrition for the brain. I don't get enough sleep. I know I'm working on it, so I'm not trying to lecture any of the listeners or the watchers to get more sleep. I'm just reiterating its importance. And of course, uh, data is emotionless. Uh, when it comes to wearable technology, the phones that we have in our pockets or, or anything around us, it, it can be overwhelming, the influx of, of the stimulus to our brains. But organize it, understand what the data is saying. How many steps are you taking a day? How, how long are you sleeping at night? What's your your blood oxygen level? These are all things you can find out about yourself, and use that information to better optimize your health. Whether you just want to keep up with your kids out in the backyard when you play, whether you want to be present with your spouse and not stress about work because you couldn't finish everything you wanted to do, there are only benefits you can enjoy by taking care of your health, taking care of your mind and your productivity, and uh, truly become limitless both in life. And in business. Julian, thanks again to the listeners and the watchers. Thank you for making it to the end. And if you did enjoy this episode, we'd appreciate you sharing it. Hit that subscribe button and also give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And you can also support us for as little as $1 a month on our Patreon page where we have some extra audio and some pictures there as well. As we always say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at camaraderie a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with Rage starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.